Face podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Yeah, fashionably late. <laughs> All right, and if you heard that part, like Bill said, I was uh, fashionably late, had some technical difficulties, but uh, welcome to episode 61 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Duplex. Bill, how you doing, man? Dude, doing good. Happy to uh, get to the non-point scoring season. It's a whole new dynamic and just, uh, you know, looking forward to doing something different, I guess. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. And one of the reasons why I'm doing really well is because we have our DAP Network brother with us, Gaston. He's with us tonight. It is Rocky Petrella at dynasty ff addict rocky how you doing man i'm doing great guys i I appreciate you having me on you two of my favorite guys to podcast with really looking forward to tonight and uh i'm really looking forward to to something josh is going to get into later that we, we <laughs> talked about pre-show oh yeah but we'll get there when we get there uh i'm with bill um as a dynasty guy this is the part of the season that I mean, I, I decompress usually for a couple weeks, but then once that decompression is done, uh, I, I get rejuvenated. You know, you start maybe looking at startups. You look at the teams you already have and try to figure out, uh, as you guys said on the Trade Addicts pod, Rocky, uh, as Gabe said, actually, try to figure out where it all went wrong. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you, you're starting to, to concoct trades and send them out and, you know, there's new blood in some of your leagues, and it's just it's just a fun time for all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so now that we've done our our introductions, we're gonna do our good, our bad, and our ugly. Probably the last one until uh, the 2021 season starts because there's not gonna oh yeah be games going on. But uh, well, the Pro Bowl, right? <laughs> there's not gonna be games going on. So um, <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with the good, bad, the ugly. Um, Bill, why don't you start us off with your good? All right. Uh, my good was Cam Newton. Uh, he actually had a game for once. Um, I think he was like 68% passing, 240 yards, three touchdowns. Then um, he had 11 carries for like 80 yards. And, you know, those three touchdowns that he threw uh, this week gave him a total of eight for the season. So 
it just shows you like he basically almost threw 50% of his touchdowns this week. So we may as well just say, Hey, congratulations. You went out for, with a bang. Uh, we'll see, you know, where you're backing up someone next year. That's like good mixed with the ugly when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah, just but just to give the, uh, you know, to give context as to why it is good, you know, because that's way good compared to what he's done all year. So uh, he did score a ton of fantasy points if you were playing in any sort of week 17. So, uh, ooh, look at that. You got a good comment in there. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's who my my good is. I mean, but yeah, like you said, it is kind of mixed in with some poor uh, or negativity towards him too. That's how guys, I roll. Do you guys think he's a starter next year? No, I don't think so. I I had heard something, and I don't know if this was from a fake Adam Schefter account because I didn't <laughs> see it myself, but something about Washington wanting to to bring him in. So. I mean, Romero. like that, that could be a thing. I mean, Alex Smith may retire no matter what happens this season. I think he, uh, he came out and he proved himself, you know, and proved that he, he's fully back. It was amazing what he did this year. But um, if he's gone, they don't have Haskins anymore. I mean, they'll have Kyle Allen and what else? I mean, what else? <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you're laughing at, Bill. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I mean, I guess he could go into a situation like that where there's not many options, and kind of like the Patriots were, you know, they only had Jared Stidham and nothing else really, and okay, you know, there's probably going to be a situation or two like that in the NFL. He could land there, but. Yeah, I can't imagine him being much more than a backup at this point in his career. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, Rocky, why don't you hit us with your good? Yeah, my good was the the, uh, the rookie bust out games we saw in Week 17. I was really happy to see that uh, Jerry Judy with the the five for 140, I think a 90 yard touchdown, and especially uh, my two boys Dobbins and JT busting out. Each I think had two touchdowns. Uh, Dobbins I think had 160 yards and and Jonathan Taylor going for what 253 I think it was so uh yeah I love that good good luck buying them anywhere at this point now <laughs> so um but but yeah I mean and JT was my guy through the whole you know draft process pre-draft post-draft everyone was on CH uh, we've kind of seen that go by the wayside a little bit he's kind of now like the fourth or fifth running back of these rookies where he probably should have been to begin with and uh but yeah, and to see JT, you know, he was this was coming. Any, I mean, he'd been he'd been building up to this, and you're waiting to see him kind of go full full beast mode, which he did this week, and I loved seeing it. Yeah, uh, we we talked about 2020 being the year that people entered way too many startups because of uh, quarantine and everything, and I think you're going to see people entering a lot of startups just to get their hands on a JT share or JK Dobbins share or something like that because. Uh, you, like you said, Rocky, you ain't buying them nowhere unless you plan on trading half your team away. So, yeah, we uh, talked on uh, Trade Addicts this week about the uh, the, uh, the ADP for uh, January uh, one quarterback, and he's he's at three one hundred three. So. Yeah, that's a little ambitious in my opinion. I was actually just going to bring that up about the round one. I mean, I I love JT, but it's just you know. 
it's hard to like there's so many other guys that are established that i feel so much better about that but he is the rookie running back that uh you know showed the most right like i mean there's nobody else that is in that same situation and if you want to grab one of those young running backs i mean I don't think 103 is going to be a reality thing. Sometimes mock drafts, people are, and depending on when they did it, if something's fresh in their mind, like a 250-yard game, you know, sometimes that'll push somebody way up. So, um, but it'll be interesting to see where he lands, like after the rookie class and everything. Like I mean, he's got. I think he's a a first, late first round pick, entering next year. I'm with you. I I think he's a first and. I, I think he might even be like a mid first just be, just because people are going to see not only the 250 plus yard game obviously that's you know that leaves a lasting impression but he's had a good little run the last three weeks of the season and you know how biased we are when we see you know end of season stat you know even when we talk about someone like Tyler Lockett who ended up you know what wide receiver 10 or something like that but it's really based off of two huge games and a lot of, but you go, Oh, he was wide receiver eight. Like I got it, you know, and, and we sometimes don't do that week by week breakdown to see where, what a guy was really doing for you throughout the season and realizing like, Oh, for like 12 weeks, Tyler Lockett was, you know, pissing me off. (laughs) And the other four weeks, sure. You were, you love to have him on your team, but you know, we play, you know, we talk about years, two, three years into the future, but at the end of the day, it's a week to week game. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I think JT will go pretty high because of, uh, recency bias, as we'll say. So, uh, so my good, uh, Josh Allen, uh, 18 for 25, 224 yards and three touchdowns. And people might say, wow, that's a, that's a pretty good game. Uh, that was the first half for Josh Allen. Uh, he was then uh, promptly pulled because they uh, they had secured the victory at halftime and they didn't need to uh, go out there and get Josh Allen hurt. So um, yeah, that that's my uh, that's my guy. That's the guy I'm going with because I mean, has there been a bigger ascent in fantasy this year than Josh Allen? I mean, I took him as a I took him as a QB two in a 14 team superflex. And people were saying that I, you know, I was too high on him, and now I'm sure I could turn Josh Allen, a you know, late second round pick into a second round startup, into you know, multiple assets if I decided to sell him because he's you know, top two, top three quarterback on a lot of people's uh, QB list for dynasty. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, man. I mean, I can't think of anybody that I would say is close to that. I think that like I, I was probably one of them that when you you selected him in our startup, Superflex Army 2 startup, I was I thought that was a little high. Um I didn't think it was like crazy high, but I thought it was it was high. Um right. but I mean obviously like he's improved every year and you know he's obviously working on his craft and he's learning, you know. Sometimes like that's an underrated thing. You get these quarterbacks coming from maybe smaller schools who don't have, you see the guy's got the like physical tools, but he might not have gotten the coaching that these guys that play at these big schools get. So, you know, he has the opportunity to learn and, you know, improve every year where a lot of these guys come in so refined that, you know, it's, 
they're not going to be able to take that huge jump typically, you know? And so he, he's just been one of those guys that's shown that he's willing to learn and willing to work on it. And I mean, now he's, you know, he was what number two in most of, at least in most of my leagues and for quarterbacks and points per game. Um, you know, Kyler beat him out by, by decimal points. So, um, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was a pretty incredible season for him, no doubt. And he probably he probably got uh, the offensive coordinator Brian Dable a head coaching job somewhere by the time uh, the coaching carousel is all said and done. So that'll be interesting as we as we go into the off season and we start discussing uh, what head coaches are going to do and how they're going to affect things. Uh, you know, that'll probably be a name that we're talking about. So. Um, I'll I'll go ahead. I'll I'll double up here. I'll take the snake uh here, the turn on the snake here. Uh Zach Ertz, three receptions, sixteen yards. Uh okay. Uh I mean that that was pretty bad considering the Eagles uh didn't dress Alshon Jeffrey, didn't dress Dallas Goddard, didn't dress Miles Sanders. Uh there probably is a name or two I'm forgetting about as well. He looked like he was going to be maybe the number one option in a game that. Uh, well, Josh, in case you hadn't heard, Nate Sudfeld was throwing to him for a quarter. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that that is actually the entire reason why uh, why Zach Ertz did poorly. Um, but he's a name that I, I don't think will be back in Philly next year. Uh, the Eagles have a ton of. Uh, they're like $70 million over the cap or something like that. They're going to have to try to figure that out. And I think Zach Ertz, along with a lot of other guys that you know the names of, are probably going to be not on the Eagles anymore. So it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine today, and I said uh, maybe he uh, he ends up in Jacksonville. Uh, Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball and – you know they have they have other weapons where he can just uh, he could just kind of go over the middle, catch some balls. He's got good hands and uh, get some stats on a uh, offense that should be pretty good. Uh, what do you what do you guys think about Ertz? I I kind of like him as somebody that you could probably buy fairly cheap at this point with how bad this year was. And I, I agree. I don't think he's there's any way he's going to be back in Philly for the reasons you said. Goddard's already here the cap issues. And I still, I don't know what the hell happened this year. I still have trouble believing he's washed up at 29. I mean, I guess he'll be 30 next year, but I definitely think a change of scenery. I don't expect him to be, you know, in the top three or four, like he was, but I definitely think you could see him just in that next tier uh, next year. Uh, So, and I don't think anybody's going to ask too much for him at this point. So, I kind of like him as a guy to buy low in the off season if you can. Maybe get him throwing in a bigger deal or something like that. I'm not really chasing him, but I th- I think he's a guy that's going to be a value next year. I-, I love that idea, especially in tight end premium leagues. I mean, he's probably going to be on the cheap because if the Ertz owner held him all year, he was pissed off at Ertz all year. So he may just want to uh, kick him off his roster and and go another direction. So that's that's going to be uh, an interesting uh, interesting development once we see where he lands and uh, who's throwing the ball to him. So, uh, Bill, why don't you hit us with uh, your bad? 
Yeah, my bad was A.J. Dillon, uh, one carry for three yards. And it's not so much that he got one carry for three yards specifically. It's just more the fact that the week before he had gotten so many touches. And then, you know, a lot of people were hoping that, you know, that was going to be a buildup to show something for maybe his role next year. And then you get into this game and, you know, it was a pretty big... um, I might be already blacking out from this weekend, but they won pretty handily, didn't they? Yeah, I think it was like 35 to 16 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean, like, even with that opportunity for A.J. Dillon to uh, get more touches in a game that maybe didn't matter quite as much, or at least a half that didn't matter as much, and he didn't really get any touches. So that would be my biggest uh, just concern just because of that. Um, you know, and maybe maybe people getting a little too excited the week before just kind of need to take a step back a little bit. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting spot too, because uh, Jamal Williams and uh, Aaron Jones are both free agents. So it's going to be interesting to see if they decide to sign either one of those guys, or maybe even both those guys who, who knows, but um, yeah, I saw a lot of people after that big game from AJ Dillon, who are big AJ Dillon fans saying this might be the time to sell him because his, his value got so high off of that game. And I mean, he did look great in that game, but you know, his value got so his uh, value got so high that it was probably like, eh, maybe we should look about selling him and see what happens. But uh, all right. That, that was a good one. Uh, Rocky, why don't you hit us with your bad? Yeah. My bad was uh, Teddy Bridgewater and uh, not that we expect a ton out of him, um, but he went 13 for 23, 176 yards, two picks. I believe he got benched for PJ Walker at one point um, who also threw three picks himself, by the way. And uh, the reason I, I kind of singled him out uh, for this bad segment is just that he was a guy I was a little higher on than most coming into the year. I, I thought he could be a QB one, low-end QB1. Uh, A lot of it was based on the talent around him and Joe Brady. And I just wanted to mention it because I – and it also goes to the point of uh, our favorite preseason QB discussion of Drew Locke that uh, (laughs) – just not to to get too caught up in in the situation for some of these quarterbacks when you you don't really know that they're that good. So – Locke was more of a question mark. Teddy had pretty much shown he, he was nothing great. His career, he's, you know, serviceable, but nothing great. And I think on both of them, I got a little too caught up in, you know, the DJ Moores and, and the Cortland Suttons and Noah Fance and, and all that stuff. Um, and, and the coaching was part of it. I think in both teams, I you know, I was a little high with the Shermer coaching Locke and Brady coaching Bridgewater and all this stuff. And so I think it's kind of a lesson I learned this year, and it's just kind of signified by this horrible Teddy game this week um, that, that you, you know, it, you, you got to weigh more than I, at least I did have to weigh more the talent that they are instead of just taking taking so much of the surrounding talent and coaching into account. And that's that's going to be an interesting situation because the Panthers have a top 10 pick. Do they maybe try to trade up to get Fields or Zach Wilson? You know, do they stay pat and see if uh, Trey Lance falls to them? Do they completely avoid QB in round one and maybe go for a Kyle Trask or Mac Jones in round two? 
That that's going to be really interesting to see uh, what ends up happening with that situation because uh, Teddy had some flashes, but it, you know they have a high powered offense. They have Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, um, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Ian Ian Thomas, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel's a free agent. He's a free agent. That's so right. So that'll yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting to see. I don't think they have the cap to resign him, but I mean. The cap is kind of a myth, even though everyone who works in the NFL says the cap isn't a myth. But if you can give Patrick Mahomes $500 million when you have $187 in cap, it's a myth. So, um, so Rocky, why don't you hit us with your ugly? And my ugly was just uh, the debacle of the Bengals passing game this past week. They they had I, I know it's Brandon Allen, but still they had 48 yards, which I mean, are we in 1952 here? <laughs> That's gross yards, too. That doesn't even take account. Set. I don't know if the, what it was with sacks back there. <laughs> but uh, and, uh, yeah, I think T. Higgins was shut out and Tyler Boyd had like one catch. Uh, I mean, I'm not. There's a lot of uh, fantasy relevance, I guess, to take out of this because Brandon Allen isn't anything we were depending on. Just uh, uh, Joe Burrow, please come back week one. <laughs> well, and the crazy thing is, is that you know, I, I was talking to a buddy about this. We were talking about uh, QB situations, and it's amazing. Obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan. The Cowboys went out during the offseason. They signed Andy Dalton as backup, you know, and ended up needing him for the majority of the season. The uh, the Eagles, your team, Rocky, they went out, used the second round pick on Jalen Hurts to secure a backup position. Carson Wentz ends up not playing well for most of the season. He's out there starting, you know, and Bill, don't mean to dump on you, but, you know, the, the Lions backup quarterback situation, which was needed in a couple of games, didn't look very good. So it, it's important sometimes, that, you know, that backup quarterback, you know, we kind of just go, ah, it's whatever, you know, it's only if the quarterback gets hurt, but. I mean, we see in the league every year, you know, how many quarterbacks went down this year, even if it was just for a game or two, and you needed the backup out there. So, you know, high-end backups are kind of important, and they're important to your fantasy team because if you have a Nick Mullen on your team, you you might be able to trade him for way more than what you had to pay to get him, you know, or an Andy Dalton or a Jalen Hurts who now might be the starter. It might be even more valuable than you thought he was at the beginning of the season. So, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, they just suck without Joe Burrow. And yeah, I'm with you, Rocky. Let's get them back ASAP. I know. We, don't, <laughs> we don't have to watch that, uh, that hot garbage anymore. But, um, uh, Bill, what's your ugly man? Uh, just to follow up a little bit on that is that, you know, yeah, it's nice to have like a really good backup, but how many teams actually do have that? I mean, there's probably five in the league that you could say, yeah, I'm comfortable with that guy. I mean, the rest of the guys are just. Guys that either know a system or a guy that can at least go out there and call the, the plays, you know, like, other than that, I mean, it's like every team doesn't have a good starter, let alone any backup. So it, it's just something that's like a, an incredible thing to have if you can can get one. And, you know, I mean, the Lions at, at, at previous times had actually had a pretty decent backup. and that, But it's just like, okay, they got to put that money somewhere to make their team actually starters good you know and that's the challenge is like we can't spend you know x percent on a guy that's not going to be out there every week so you know teams that have that depth or they focus on making sure that they have those quarterbacks you know they're the ones that are going to reap the rewards and you know maybe that's something that more teams do need to do but 
my uh, ugly is, you know, it's just kind of more of like the whole season type of thing with Tua. His, I don't know if this is just what the um, Dolphins are doing. Like, they're just, you know, he's been super passive, it feels like. Like, I mean, there was the one game he threw, had 17 completions for like under 100 yards. Like, it's just crazy. Like, so many short passes. And I don't know if it's like he's tentative. You know, he's he's coming back from an injury, all that kind of stuff. You know, not everybody's going to be Justin Herbert out of the gate. And so like maybe this is a process that they're they have with him but like he didn't look good this week and um you know now there's rumors of or at least certain people talking about maybe they look for a quarterback with the uh texans first round pick at, at three and you know maybe that's something that they do um i'm not sure that's something that that they're i don't think they should do it i mean he's obviously just you know, he just, a year ago, he had a major hip injury, you know, like that was, I think, November of last year. So, I mean, maybe this is just a part of the process and he's still not seeing things, you know, things haven't slowed down for him because obviously when they put Fitzpatrick in, he looks like, you know, he's such the opposite of Tua at the moment. So maybe, you know, I mean, I think that Tua is going to actually be a a bargain this offseason like i'm gonna take risk on if anybody's uneasy with him i'm going after him in superflex no doubt yeah i actually oh, go you, ahead rocky go ahead rocky. <laughs> i was just gonna say i actually am a little uneasy just uh i'm just because we haven't seen a ton from him this year and just uh probability wise the fact that all three of these guys i think we already think burrow and what we've seen from burrow and herbert tells us they're really good that the idea that all three of these guys are going to be really good, I just don't know how likely that is. Just looking at past quarterback drafts and things like that anyway, um, just taking the specific valuation of Tua out of it. Um, but I, I don't think – I agree with you, though. I don't think there's any way, though, they're going to go for another quarterback. I think that's insane. I know people talk about what happened with Rosen, but they had a whole new coaching staff coming in with his own specific system that he was known for and all this stuff. I don't think there's any way they, they abandoned uh, the fifth overall pick after one. And it's not like he was horrible. I mean, Rosen played a lot worse than Tua did that, that first year. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't hate buying them either. If you can get them, um, you know, you're definitely gonna get them well cheaper than you're going to get Burr or Herbert. And it, We've set, definitely seen plenty of quarterbacks who've been worse. Like Goff was was way worse than Tua was year one, and, and has panned out to at least be uh, a QB low end QB one, high end QB two in fantasy most years. So uh, it, it's definitely not a, a a bad risk worth taking. Yeah, and I, I wanted to touch on the part, Bill, you said about uh, you know now you know now there's you know reports coming out and the people are talking maybe they should take a quarterback. I'm wondering if this is a classic, and I say classic under Brian Flores, Miami Dolphins draft smokescreen. They did this last year where they were like, ah, we might take Herbert, we might not take Tua, and people really started. They should have taken Herbert. I mean, <laughs> in hindsight, yes, they should have taken Herbert. But, you know, the, the whole thing was like maybe they don't really like Tua, and then, you know, then it comes out, you know, then they make the pick and it's Tua and it was Tua the whole time. And they weren't even thinking about Herbert. They should have been. But, you know, I, I, this might be a thing again where, you know, especially if the Jets kind of decide that at two fields is not the guy they'd rather stick with Darnold and maybe draft Penny Sewell. 
maybe they're just trying to build up this value to to make a trade at three to someone who is looking for a quarterback and kind of up the price a little bit by telling everyone, well, we could draft a quarterback. Tua wasn't that good. I think Tua is their guy, and they're going to stick with him for more than a year, but got to try to bring it up. I'll be honest with you. I think that this is just Twitter talk. You know what I mean? Like somebody brought it up, and I don't even know. I mean, maybe it was uh, the Dolphins doing it, but I, I think that, that this is exceptionally early for that to, to be the case. But, you know, maybe, the, maybe they think they're the smartest guy in the room, so they're trying to get it out there early. But I, I think it's more people like – Maybe, you know, people in the media and, you know, somebody reads something and then it kind of goes through the echo chamber of Twitter and all of a sudden it's a topic that maybe isn't, you know, worthy of it. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, I I guarantee that will end up happening throughout draft season. We see it every year with many teams. Some are better at it than others, though, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting, too, to see how these quarterbacks fall. I mean... We, we all pretty much know Lawrence is going to Jacksonville, but the Jets, there's a question, will they keep Darnold or won't they? Uh, Miami, like I said, we don't necessarily expect to take one. Uh, Atlanta, maybe, but, you know, maybe not. Cincinnati's at five. They're not taking a quarterback. The Eagles are at six. I don't think they're taking a quarterback. So I'm curious to see how this shakes out. I'm sure somebody's going to trade up into at least one of those spots, but it's interesting to see. Because a lot of the teams at the very tippy top don't seem to look like teams that would go for a quarterback yeah this is a very interesting year in the draft usually the the top five there's usually you know two or three teams that are locked in to wanting to take a quarterback and this year you know maybe you say it doesn't start until nine with denver might be the first team that you're really i mean besides obviously number one in in lawrence you know, number nine might be the next team that you really go. Uh, they're definitely, you know, in the market for trying to take a quarterback. So it's going to be interesting, especially when you have a lot of teams in that like 11 to 16 range, like New England, San Francisco, who might all want to move up to grab quarterback. It's going to be fun to see during the draft what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I'm going to go with my ugly here. And my ugly is Giants fans players and other people bitching about the Eagles losing. All right. First of all, stop it. The Eagles did what they had to do to do what is best for their team. You know who else did it and no one bitched about it? The Kansas City Chiefs. You know who else did it and no one bitched about it? The Pittsburgh Steelers. No one bitched about it. And I'm sorry, Saquon Barkley tweeted uh, Could someone help me uh, make sense to me? I don't understand. Saquon, I'm going to make it real clear for you because I know you listen. Your team started the season 0-5. 0-5. how many teams have made the playoffs after starting 0-5? Probably like two in the history of the league. All right? So that's one reason. Reason number two, you guys had six wins on the season. You know how many teams above 500 you beat? One. One out of your six wins was against a team over 500. Four of your six wins were against the NFC East, which is historically the worst division to ever play the game of football, okay? So don't don't sound confused that the Philadelphia Eagles didn't take pity on your crap team and win one for the Giants. 
The Eagles don't care. You know what the Eagles cared about? Moving up to the sixth pick. I don't blame them because they did what Pittsburgh and Kansas City did. They did what was best for their team. And what was best for their team was moving up three spots in the draft. Guess what? I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I don't agree with the Philadelphia Eagles on practically anything. But you know what? They didn't do a damn thing wrong. You know what you could have done? You could have won a couple more games. You only had to make it to 8-8 eight and eight for this to not even freaking matter. But you didn't do it. Your team was garbage, and if you played in any other division besides the NFC East, you guys would have been talking about the draft three weeks ago. So you know what? Be thankful that you made it to Week 17 with a chance, and don't be mad at the Eagles. Joe Judge, uh, we're never, we're never going to do that. We're never going to quit in a game. Blah, blah. Guess what? Your team looked like hot garbage ten games this year. Okay, so you're not exactly like Coach of the Year. You didn't, you didn't do anything. You had a six and ten team. All right. You know what? We talked about backup quarterbacks. The Eagles got Jalen Hurts. Dallas got Andy Dalton. Your master plan was to get Colt McCoy, and you had to start him in a game, and he looked like trash. Because you know what? He's just not a good NFL player. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. So you know what? If I hope that makes sense to Saquon and everyone else out there. But guess what? I think you said it, Rocky, on uh, on the Trade Addicts. If this had been a 425 game, no one would have given a crap. If yep. this had been a 1 o'clock game, no one would have given a crap. But because you saw it on prime time, everyone's like, I saw someone say this is the most disgraceful thing that ever happened to the NFL. Are you Giants kidding? fan. <laughs> most likely. Are you kidding me with, with all of the black eyes that the NFL have had? And we can go on a whole podcast alone on all the black eyes that the NFL has had. This doesn't even rank in the top thousand. Okay. So, you know what? Try to be better than six and 10 before you start complaining about not making the playoffs. So, I, I, I want to thank you for that. And I just, a couple of things I pointed out on, on Trade Addicts as well, which is that Jacksonville was doing the exact same thing, starting inferior quarterbacks for weeks, and, and nobody get, gave a crap so that they could get Trevor Lawrence over Gardner Minshew. And and the thing that boggles my mind the most, and I was arguing I, with people for this for like two days on Twitter, is that I heard from the same people who thought this was a disgrace that that if Sudfeld had started the game, that would be fine. So... So if you tank harder by starting your worst quarterback for four quarters, that's cool. But if you start your, your better quarterback for three quarters and then put the other one in, that's horrible and a disgrace to the game. That that makes literally – I don't know the mental gymnastics that's needed to make that make sense. Well, and, and Rocky, I'm glad you brought that up because we were all cheering the Jets on when they were 0-13. Oh, they're doing it the right way. They're going to get Trevor yeah. Lawrence. We laughed at them for winning. <laughs> And then we told them they were idiots for winning the game. That yeah. were, well, why did you win? We, we saw that game against Las Vegas where they went zero, zero blitz to allow Henry Ruggs to catch a 40-yard touchdown. And we were like, oh, God, thank God they did that. They almost won that <laughs> game. Then they go out the next week and they beat L.A. Then they win the next game and kick themselves totally out of, out of the first pick. Oh, and by the way, talking about 
backup quarterbacks. Here's an interesting one to all the people that are like mad that the best players aren't playing in the game. The Jets that I just talked about. Do you know? And, and I had to look this up because I, I thought that maybe I was high and I, I wasn't seeing what I was actually seeing. Joe Flacco was better per game in yards, touchdowns, interceptions, and QBR than Sam Darnold. But you know what the Jets did? They trotted Sam Darnold out there for 12 games and said, you're the guy we're going to lose with because guess what? That Joe All Flacco- right. <laughs> I think that's the most ridiculous argument that you could make. No, like that is – it's it totally ridiculous if the because he's their starting quarterback. And just because a, a veteran did well for a few games so that his average looks better than Stan Darnold's, I, that's, I, I agree the point overall about it's ridiculous to argue it, but I think that argument of Flacco over Darnold is ludicrous. No, it's not because if you're telling Absolutely me the best is. players are supposed to play the game, Joe Flacco was better than Sam Darnold, and guess what? The Eagles did the same damn thing. So Boston Scott should play over Miles Sanders or, you know, like because he has a better. Yards per game, touchdowns. Oh, my God. Like, come on. Let's move on. This is ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Don't say you want the best players to play the game. He's not the best. Just statistics do not imply, do not prove that a player is better than another player. And when you're taking such a small sample size and – you have a quarterback who's played 15 years and he is just more aggressive as whole like he hasn't he hasn't been tenderized under the hand of Adam Gase where Flacco is less impaired from the Gase uh, destruction so like it that's a that's a ludicrous argument in my opinion no, because teams do it all the time. The Eagles did it. Carson Wentz played like trash. They brought in Jalen Hurts to play the last four games or three and three quarters, whatever you want to call it. Like, it Can we move on from this topic? We spent like 10 minutes on it. Well, yeah, we spent 10 minutes on it because people were losing their minds about a team. You're losing your mind on Joe well, Flacco. Well, listen, the stats are the stats. You can say I'm losing my mind, but... So Adrian Peterson is better than DeAndre Swift because he has more yards this season than DeAndre Swift. Well, I mean, it's not a, it's not about correct, right? But guess what? Adrian Peterson still played more, so so obviously Detroit thought he was better. Like he played he played a role, and that's why they're five and eleven. Right, and running back is different when you're starting two or three guys, or you're playing two or three guys a game than quarterback is. I mean, no, no one except for maybe Washington is playing two or three quarterbacks okay. a game. So, okay. Um, all I right. just must say, I very much enjoyed that. I rarely see Bill and Josh go at it so so heavily. Like well, that's that. just <laughs> ludicrous in my mind. Well, you know, Bill and Bill and I agree on a lot, and we're friendly with each other. But you know, Bill and I both also enjoy the the uh, the times that we get to go <laughs> at each other because uh, we don't do it that often. No, we really don't. So when we go at each other, you know, we go at each other hard. But he's my brother. At the end of the day, I love him. He knows he knows that, and he knows that. Nah, I, eh. this is our last show. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it was a it was a great episode, episode sixty one. We made it a long way. We're gonna have Dustin and Josh on uh, Dynasty Junkies. <laughs> <laughs> so rocky you get bill good luck with that uh, he likes to argue a lot apparently so. 
no, that was a good one though. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna move it to the timeline. Uh, what we saw in the timeline. So this first one here is from uh, to Utah at Steve Sanders six hundred. 10 team, one QB dynasty, half PPR. Which side do you like here? Uh, Alvin Kamara or Justin Jefferson and the 207? Uh, Rocky, since you're our guest, uh, why don't we start with you first? Yeah, this this was kind of a tough one. Uh, they're both, I think, at least by uh, DLFADP first round startup guys at this point. Um, and. I think I have to go the Jefferson side. I just Kamara age as much as anything. And I'm not an ageist guy, but Kamara is going into what his fifth year. I believe uh, I do yeah. think he probably will last a little longer than some running backs just because he's not an in between the tackles guy. He's not taking that beating, uh, but that's still a concern that he's this far along. And also the thing that really swung me is that, we could see Taysom Hill. I really believe Taysom Hill could be their starting quarterback next year. And we, we saw that mostly did not go well for Kamari this season. And uh, I'm just – the cold quarterback uncertainty has me worried. Jefferson, I, I think, has cousins for a little while himself. And um, so I, I definitely don't see uh, Jefferson tailing off crazily. Uh, and and we've got years of, of Jefferson – He's super going to be super high value. He could be the wide receiver one if he approaches anywhere near the numbers he had this year. Uh, so I think at this time next year, it's almost a certainty to me. And it, also just Kamara, I mean, is not going to repeat this season just because most running backs aren't going to repeat this season. He, you know, he was the easy RB one. Um, and I just, I think the value is going to be on the Jefferson side and you're getting not that the pick is super high, but you're getting a pick with it too. So. Yeah, uh, Bill, what do you think about this trade? Yes, I agree with Rocky. I think that I'm going to go with the uh, young wide receiver that just broke all rookie records. And um, I love this show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I actually thought I was going to be in the minority in this one, but uh, both of you guys agree with me here. I'm I'm with Justin Jefferson in the pick as well. like you, like you said, Rocky, we've seen what he did year one with no offseason, no, just kind of getting thrown to the wolves. And I mean, the first, what, two games, three games? I mean, it, there was really nothing. And then all of a sudden he just blew up. And I think over his last 14 games, he averaged over 100 yards a game, which is ridiculous. Um, and that's with Adam Thielen there, and Adam Thielen doesn't get a lot of respect, but he is a very good NFL wide receiver. Um, but he's older, and I feel over the next two years, he's probably not going to be on Minnesota anymore. So, I mean, if you have Justin Jefferson there with a lesser second option than Adam Thielen, I mean, the ceiling could even be slightly higher. So, He's going to be fun to watch. If you have him on your team, he's another guy that you're not getting rid of under any circumstance, like the rookie uh, running backs we spoke about earlier. But um, yeah, if you can if you can get him and a 207 for Alvin Kamara, uh, let's go do that deal and get Justin Jefferson on your team. Bill Bill's still cracking up. If you're if you're listening to this in podcast form, he's uh he's still laughing all the all the chat. I feel like I smoked weed. I'm just laughing so much. <laughs> Bill's high, apparently. Um, I'm not high, but I feel like I am. Well, that's that's what I'll do to you once I start 
once I start down my road, I, uh, I'll get you laughing and giggling and having a good time. But uh, all right, we're, we're going to move on to the next one. Uh, this is from Tyler Belosky. Sorry, Tyler. I probably butchered that at Tyler Belosky. Um, so it looks like he's doing a hot take for every day of the year. This was his, uh, his hot take for the uh, 4th of January. Uh, Zeke Elliott will finish as the RB1 next year in all formats. And as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I will say that I totally do not agree with this. Uh, being the RB1 in fantasy, I mean, you need to have a, a special, special season. And while I think that he is probably going to be criminally underrated in startup drafts, um, I, I, the RB1 is not anywhere in my range of outcomes for, uh, for Zeke Elliott. So, uh, Tyler, I, I love the hotness of your take. Uh, that's probably, um, you know, like ghost pepper, hot and spicy on that take, but, uh, but I can't go with it, but, but this got me to thinking. So according to, uh, his, uh, ADP on DLF, he's, he's down there at RB seven right now off the board. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Do you think he will end up in 2021 higher than RB7? Rocky, you're muted. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually surprised he was at RB7 um, on DL. Just, I, I've seen people so much more down on him than that. Um, and I, I love him as, as a buy this offseason. I, I think he is... Definitely the first five games your Dak played the first five games. His his point totals 27 PPR 27.7, 22.2, 17.8, 20.5, 23.5. So uh, that put him at RB3, by the way. So he wasn't that far off from RB1 through those first five games. And I, I think that's gonna I think Dak's gonna be back. I think you probably think Dak's gonna be back too, Josh. Yep. Um and I think with Dak back, I think that was the, the downfall. I mean, I know a lot of people said he hasn't looked as good, all these kind of things. Uh, the offensive line also had issues, and it's amazing how he didn't look as good after those first five games that Dak was gone. <laughs> so I didn't hear anybody saying that through 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 September. So uh, I, I love it. I love Zeke. I as as like I said, as a buy for next year as a contender. I mean, he is getting up there, so the long term is a little bit of a concern, but. I think next year he could easily. I don't think RB one, but I could definitely see top five. I'd be surprised actually if he wasn't top five, assuming Dak is back. Yeah, and it's funny, Rocky. You and I got this like weird mind melt thing going right now because I've been arguing with people about, you know, why why was he washed week six and on, but week one through five, you know, he was. No, oh, it's just what Zeke does. He just goes at, and he was, you know. um, he was averaging eight targets a game while Dak was in there the first five. And then I think it dropped down to like four targets a game or something like that with the Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, Garrett Gilbert combination they were throwing out there. So obviously, you know, Dak likes to target him a little bit more in the past game, which obviously is going to help his, uh, his overall statistics. What do you think, Bill? So there's a, a few things I need clarified is the line going to get better next year removing Dak from the equation is there an expectation that their line will be better is there is was there injuries that players yeah. are coming back from or anything like that 
Yeah, they they at one point had all five of their offensive linemen out with injury, starting okay. offensive line. So okay. yeah, you. I'm kind of predicting health in this as well, okay. but yeah, obviously they could. Well, yeah, I mean they're not going to lose all of them, right. you know, most likely. <laughs> unlike it's unlikely at least. Right. Correct. Okay. So in the first five games, Zeke had six of his seven or six of his eight touchdowns. And that's really like a huge part of the point differential. So, um, you know, it's not like he didn't have decent games in the meantime. It was just his usage kind of dropped in the middle there. Um, that was probably when they had those crap, you know, crap games after Dalton got hurt. Um, you know, I'm cool with him. Uh, like over the, the season, he was RB 16, um, you know, and I didn't look to see if there was any just one game outliers or something like that. But yeah, I mean, he, I think he's definitely not a bad buy at RB seven. Like, I don't. I think he's probably around there for me. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a little lower on him overall just because of age. Like, if I was in a startup, I'm not grabbing him in the first round. Or, I mean, it'd probably be at the end of the second round before I'd even consider grabbing him. So, um, I just don't like. If you're a contender, 100%, he's a, a, a good ad for next year. But you got to go in with the expectation knowing that, you know, probably next year's the last year you get elite Zeke. And then after that, you're going to be dealing with, you know, Todd Gurley, basically. Yeah, and, and I love that pull, by the way, about, all, all you know, the amount of touchdowns he had in those first handful of games. Uh, that was because that's not even something that I, I kind of picked up on when I was looking at this. So that's a good poll by you, Bill. Um, yeah, I think I think you can expect some, uh, obviously, some regression as he gets older. I think the good news with Zeke is that he hasn't really had any injuries throughout his career. So I know you mentioned Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley had always had the knee problems, which, you know, was kind of documented. I think there's going to be regression for sure, but um, I think his, his body type just kind of, kind of keeps him healthy a little bit. He's a, a shorter, stockier guy, so he doesn't get banged up as much, but I agree with you in the next, you know, year or two, you're going to see that regression just because he's older. So I had this conversation at work today with one of my, uh, employees and the, um, Z, we were talking, kind of talking about like, um, Frank Gore, he's, you know, he's six, has 16,000 yards. And I was just like, oh my God, like the fact that he has more yards than Barry Sanders is disgusting (laughs) to me. And so I kind of looked up like, uh, yards per game, you know, as opposed, because he's obviously played like six more seasons than Barry. So I was kind of looking at like the top 10 and I was like, Zeke is really high on there. Now, granted, he hasn't played the years where he isn't in his prime either. So, like, there is, you know, that's part of the reason. But he was really high on the list. And so I think a lot of people forget how good Zeke has been. And he's definitely catching a lot more passes than he did his first, second year. And so, like, he had 50-some this year. So, I mean, it's not like – and that's in with a suspect offense for most of the year um, after after Dak. So – you know, it, it's a. Um, I think there's a lot more upside than downside to him um, for sure next year, and I don't necessarily mean Gurley as in, um, you know, the injuries. I just mean like he's hit, he's getting to that age where 
it's going to slowly start to deplete, you know, like just his production. So of course, especially Mm -hmm. with the amount of touches that he's had in his career for Dallas. I mean, he's always among the league leaders this year, probably not so much, but his first four years, he was always among the league leader in touches. And obviously that's going to wear on you. And I know there was some kind of stat that he coming into this season, he had been an RB one in like 90 or 92% of his games. It was kind of like a ridiculous number. Like, and the rest of those games, he was an RB two. It was just kind of crazy. So it doesn't shock me that he's kind of amongst the, uh, you know, the all time leaders in yards per game and stuff like that. But that's going to be fun to see in startups. Cause I know uh, people kind of feel like me where I think he's being a little disrespected and, there, there, you know, I think it's going to be about 50-50. Half of your draft is going to kind of feel like you, Bill, where you're kind of like, you know, where do I want to take this risk? And, you know, where do I want to kind of put Zeke on my team? Real quick to your disrespect point, I it, I always find this interesting, too. The, the, I, I tend to look at the Superflex uh, ADP on DLF. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the RB7 is, is regular 1QB. Okay. And Superflex, he's RB13. So I guess it is sort of 50-50 on, on whether uh, how much disrespect he's getting. And if I can get him at RB13 prices, oh, my God, I'm doing that all day. I'll be like Bob Barker. Zeke Elliott, come on down. <laughs> I'll uh, call him down at RB13, man, because because uh, as long as Dak is back and he's healthy, there's practically no way he is RB13 on the season. So yeah. uh, his ADP is like mid-third round in December. So that's that's crazy to me. <laughs> yep that's uh, with quarterbacks in there because it's super flex but even still <laughs> I, i'm gonna let everybody know if i'm gonna start up with you and you think you're getting zeke in the middle of the third round you're mistaken i i will guarantee you that you will not get zeke in the middle of the third round now if bill and i co-own a team it might be a little bit different we might have some negotiations some uh some gm assistant gm uh you know discussions about that but if i'm you're you're muted too. We went two for two. Come on, brother, unmute. Well, we will be co-owning a team because um, we will be doing our listener league coming up, and so it is. I just want to make it official now that we will be doing our listener league, and our first shot will be to the FTC members. So, uh, you and I will be sharing a team, and we will not have Zeke Elliott on it. Yeah, we'll see about that. Might might have to pull a. Uh, I might have to do with uh, what Outhouse did to Har and just kind of you know, a little clicky click when you're uh, when you're not around. But uh, no, nah, we're we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk. We're gonna go into that with a game plan, and I think it might be. Uh, I think it might actually be an interesting game plan. I've been thinking of some things in my head, Bill. I'll discuss them with you. I think you might like. Some. It, it's not Zeke Elliott related, um, but uh, some ideas I've had in my head that I think you might actually like. So. Um, but and if my ideas do come true, yeah, we probably won't have Zeke on our team. <laughs> but but uh, um, but no, man, that that's a good one, and uh, I, I like the way both of you guys were were thinking on that one. So uh, so let's go to the next one here. This is from Randall Kennedy at FF underscore Terminator. Uh, if you remember back to last spring, I told you guys that Quintez Cephas and Quez Watkins were two guys that needed some seasoning, but were worth more than a stash. Uh, well, the chickens have come home to roost and both these guys should be thrust into a larger role next year. And this got me thinking because uh, 
Bill, as you know, I was I was standing on the mountaintop shouting Quintez Cephas's name. And uh and Quez Watkins was a guy that I thought was kind of interesting. But before we go uh onto that, this question from Lindsay is is, is a good one here. Are you concerned about Pollard taking away some some work away from Zeke and making him less valuable? I, I think that does have to be a concern because um we saw when he was the main event for that one game, he I mean the the yardage numbers weren't like, oh my God, popping off the screen, but he got into the end zone and he had a long, he had a 40 yard run, you know? So you have to, you have to see a guy and you have to see the ability that he flashed in that game and say that if the Cowboys are smart, which they're not always smart, they would lessen the load on Zeke and bring in Pollard for more work. But I mean, we've seen it kind of with, two different coaching staffs now they don't really take Zeke out I mean even when Zeke came back in week 17 you know Tony Pollard had a little bit of work but he wasn't you know Zeke was back and Zeke was in with his normal workload so yeah I think you have to have a little bit of concern but just kind of based off of what coaching staffs have done with Zeke his whole career he's going he's going to get the majority of the work and oftentimes when you see where they start to do these tandem, you know, like backfields, you know, the, each of the running backs gets a little more efficient because they're fresher and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, there's a chance, like Eckler, he's a good example. Like when he when he was the full-time back, he was basically scoring about the same amount of points as he was when he wasn't, you know, when he was part of a, you know, tandem. And, and so it's just kind of one of those things where, that could work that could happen also um where zeke's fresher his legs are a little older they're getting run down but maybe he gets 20 touches instead of 30 touches and he can do more with those and um you know maybe they maybe you see pollard earlier in the game and then you put zeke in when the team's getting tired and then that's you know that helps him out too so you know it's it's there's concern, obviously, but I, I think that you can argue that that might actually be a benefit for him as well. Yeah, and, and that's that's a great thought too, Bill, um, about efficiency because we've seen it in so many situations. I mean, we saw it with the Saints when it was uh, Kamara and Ingram, and even before that when it was, what was it? It was Ingram and Reggie Bush. I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, once you get both of those guys in, they're rotating in and out. You saw that both guys could still get theirs for fantasy because they weren't as tired. They weren't running into defensive linemen 20 times a game and trying to catch five balls on top of that. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point by you, Bill. Uh, Rocky, before we we kind of sidetracked onto Lindsay's question because Bill and I both saw it and thought it was a good question, so we wanted to answer it. But uh, we were talking about stashes and uh, – uh, Randall Kennedy at FF underscore Terminator said that uh, two of his guys that he was touting before the season was Quez Watkins uh, for your Philadelphia Eagles and Quintess Cephas, who was the guy that I was uh, that I was shouting from the mountaintops before the season started. Um, and we want we want to talk about uh, maybe a stash or something that you uh, that you were thinking about a guy that you like that maybe could get bought on the cheap. Uh, yeah, there was two guys I thought of uh, for this question. Uh, the first was uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, he's flashed already some this year, had some long touchdowns. 
I think OBJ is out of there. Uh, and that basically just leaves Landry and, and Rashad Higgins. So uh, there's definitely some space in there for him. To, I, I don't know what their cap space is. I know there's some decent free agent wide receivers, uh, but there's definitely a chance he could be as high as the, the wide receiver two for Cleveland next year. So I like him as a guy. Again, again, he's someone you can get super cheap. You, I don't think you'd have to pay more than a third for him. And uh, the other one I was thinking of maybe even a little deeper is uh, Adam Troutman uh for the saints uh he's yeah he's they they he's not flashed as much as donovan people's Jones, but he's had a few plays here and there we all know tight ends take a while to develop the the tight end they have jared cook is like 50 years old so um and we don't you know breeze isn't going to be there and we don't know how they're going to what the offense is going to be but it maybe it favors the tight end even more uh with whoever comes in there next whether it's Taysom hill or somebody else so uh those are two guys I like. Neither one do I think you have to pay. You might even be able to get Troutman for like a fourth for if somebody's, you know, not really concerned about him. So, or, or as we always say, just get him as a throw in for some other deal. So those are two that I liked. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I, I like the people's Jones one. And as far as their cap situation, they have a little bit under $30 million in available cap right now. So obviously we'll see what wheeling and dealing what they actually end up with. But uh, yeah, I mean, they could go out and buy a wide receiver, but they could also uh, fill some of the holes they have at other positions. So uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely like the Donovan Peoples Jones one. Bill, what about you? Who are who are your stashes? Who are the the no name guys that you're going after? So this off season? Yeah, this off season. Okay, I think KJ Hamler is a good one. I mean, I know he's, uh, you know, I mean, he's kind of pops. So, I mean, there might be some people that are truthers and that sort of thing. But I think he's definitely the guy that, like, could end up being some, like, their big play, the Broncos' big play guy. And, I mean, he, the fact that he's popped and he's such a young wide receiver, I think he was the youngest wide receiver in the rookie class last year. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. And... So I, I, he's probably the top one. I mean, I don't know what you have to pay. Like, I mean, I imagine he's probably a late second, early third range, maybe. Um, I mean, that's a guy I do like Troutman. I think Troutman's a guy that you try to add before the rookie draft if you have extra spots on your roster because there's going to be teams that are going to need to, um, you know, make cuts and that sort of thing. So that's a perfect time to make a move for any of these guys, really. If you have extra spots to do that, um, rather than waiting until afterwards. Um, but yeah, I, he's the first one that came to mind. I really can't think of anybody else that's like an obvious uh, guy I'm going after this this season or non-point scoring season. Nah, that's a good one because that's not a, that's not a guy I really put too too much thought into. But if you know, if if the Broncos decide they're going to move on from Drew Locke and either, you know, trade for Matt Stafford, which is rumors I've heard, or, you know, maybe move up in the draft and try to get, you know, Zach Wilson or something like that. And they decide that Drew Locke just ain't it. They're not going to go that route. I mean, well, they should think that already. <laughs> I mean, John Elway didn't, but now they're getting a GM. So, I mean, I can only go based off of, uh, John Elway's feelings right now until the new GM comes into town and kind of puts a stamp or not a stamp on Drew Locke. But, um, but yeah, KJ Hamler could be unlocked 
there you go. We'll bring it all together uh, with a uh, with an upgrade at quarterback. So that that'll be interesting to see what happens with Denver during the offseason. That was John Bauer esque. Hey, listen. <laughs> Listen, that's a good role model to have, all right? If there's one role model I can have, JB, I'm I'm down with you, brother. Um, with, well, with Hamler, though, he's, he has flashed this year, but do you worry with Sutton back if everybody stays healthy that he's like fourth or something in the pecking order? I mean, there's, there's always a concern, yeah. I mean, like, I think that um, Sutton and Tim Patrick are basically – interchangeable so i don't think that like all of a sudden tim patrick's gonna be a thing next year because the roles are similar between those two players i think tim patrick's gonna just be that what the fourth wide receiver i think hamler is gonna be their slot guy you're gonna deshaun hamilton's probably out and like hamler's gonna be that speed slot guy and so I mean, if you have an offense, I mean, it's the biggest concern is the offense as a whole, right? Like, how much volume are they actually going to get? And But it, it's somebody I'm willing to take the risk on because I think he's earned a role. I think he's, you know, at least Mikkel Hardman-like. And so that that's somebody I'm willing to roll the dice on to see if they, you know, because I can't say 100% what his role will be, but that's the type of player I want to take a risk on. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. I mean, I'm not going to be paying a ton for him, but I think the upside's there, and um, I'm willing to you know take that risk. Yeah, and it's not like you're looking at him for him to be a wide receiver one or anything. He could definitely, though, be that guy that goes off for like four catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns or something like that when you when you have to fill in a, a bye week or something. Yep, exactly. And, and you know, if the Stafford rumors come to fruition. I mean, a guy with an arm like Stafford's just seeing, you know, KJ Hamler getting open on a seam or something like that and just hitting him and knowing that the ball's going to land in his hands. All he's got to do is clap it together and bring it in. I mean, there could, there could be a lot of touchdowns just off of plays like that. So uh, that, that's, that'll be interesting to see. But um, obviously, uh, you know, I was also yelling for Quintez Cephas. So, Still go ahead and pick him up. But uh, another guy that I was yelling for last year that didn't perform some of it due to injury, some of it due to just the way the offense was being run, uh, Brian Edwards. And that's a name that the people who love Brian Edwards, they love him and they're, they're never giving him up for everything. But like everyone else, and I feel like that Brian Edwards fan club is small right now. Everyone else may be willing to give him up, you know, at either as a throw in or that's a guy I'm willing to see if I have a high third round pick. I may knock on the Brian Edwards owner's door and go, hey, like we're in the draft, man. I have this 302. There are guys here that I know you like. Why don't you just give me Brian Edwards? He didn't really do anything until the last game of the season where he flashed and kind of maybe proved all the Edwards lovers, right? At least for one game. But uh, I think that's a move I might try to make is trying to actually snag him during the draft because people are going to be kind of hyped up on, you know, whatever rookie hotness is out there. And, you know, even if you want to throw throw the late second in there, the 211, the 212, and, you know, snag him. And I think think he can be really good. So, uh, you know. 
get yourself your Quintez. He's the only wide receiver on the uh, on the lines right now, and uh, you know, get yourself some Brian Edwards or some Donovan Peoples Jones or some KJ Hamler. We didn't really come up with like anything but wide receivers, which is cool. Who cares? But I, I have one more who's also a wide receiver. Uh, I didn't it. mention him because I think he might have flashed too much to be considered a quote unquote stash. But if you can get Gabriel Davis, I, I love him going forward too uh, because he's already shown as much as he has. And I think John Brown's contract is up. I'm not positive about that. Or they can get an out if, if, if it's not up. So uh, he could definitely fill that role. Um, not that he's the same kind of player as John Brown, but but another guy on the outside. So um, that that was just another one I thought of. I just I tried to go a little deeper with it since it was a stash. So yeah, and also uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Josh. No, I I was just gonna say. Uh, you know, I'm sad. I tried getting uh, Gabriel Davis in TA two, and uh, <laughs> this was like mid season, so it was really before he kind of started showing out a little bit. And the owner was, was uh, now I wish I had maybe thrown a little bit more his way because uh, he was a guy I was kind of targeting. But uh, for John Brown, he uh, he is under contract until uh, the end of 2021. And if they would cut him this year, he would be a $9 million. I'm sorry, he would be, yeah, $9.75 million contract or uh dead cap it okay so. So not as good as i thought but uh, yeah i still think i mean he's shown with even i mean john brown's been in and out uh, and but that's been john brown's whole career too so right. yeah it's not inconceivable that gabriel davis could simply overtake him as the as the other outside guy with beasley in the slot and Diggs on the other side for sure for sure and the other one like just to keep building these wide receivers to where you pretty much have no other positions on your team uh <laughs> darnell mooney uh he had 90 some receptions uh or 97 90 some targets um for a later round wide receiver i mean they obviously like him like everybody a lot of people were high on anthony miller i was when he was coming out as a rookie but i mean he took over that second option and if alan robinson ends up leaving like, I mean, I know he's he he plays a different role than Allen Robinson, but he's already, as a rookie, stepped up and played a role for the Bears. And, you know, I don't think their quarterbacking can be worse than it was this year. I guess that's it. Right. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if it could actually be worse. I, I mean, Mitch Trubisky looked good the last few games of the season. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> There's talk that might lead to him coming back. Yes, please. As a Lions fan, I am all for that. Of course, of course, he torches the Lions because they. Suck. I, I mean, I mean, the Bears really don't have another alternative unless you're just giving it all to to Nick Foles. And I mean, you kind of saw what happened with Nick Foles throughout the uh, the middle part of the season. So. I mean, I guess if those are your two options, I guess Mitch Trubisky is the best one. I'll put a question mark at the end of that because. <laughs> so, but they didn't pick up his contract, right? They didn't pick up his 50 year option. They did not. So, they, did so not. they would have to sign him to Correct. something. So, so maybe they sign him to like a kind of cap friendly um, thing just so that they can get, you know, get the chance to see if he's able to step up that one year, you know, but. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, that probably makes the most sense, to be honest. I mean, he's looked okay, but he still looks like Mitch Trubisky. He's struggling in the same areas that he has, you know, for his whole career. And I, it just doesn't seem like he's he's improved in those areas. Like, intermediate or beyond throws, his accuracy is just so terrible. But the fact that he's mobile, I mean, that's always going to make him look at least all right at times, you know. But... Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're. I guess you're right. Like, I mean, it's not going to get. It probably won't get worse, but I don't necessarily think it's going to get much better unless somehow Trubisky, like a a light switch, flips above. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, I think part of the light switch flipping uh, has to do with Matt Nagy, and he probably saved his job with a uh, with a playoff appearance. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there is uh there is much hope for the evolution of Mitchell Trubisky. But uh we got one more. I think this is a good one to end from. Uh an- another DAP Network alumni, uh Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF Rocky. I think you may know him. Uh it sounds familiar. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's probably a forgettable guy, but I think we may have yeah. come across him once or twice. Uh, If you were joining a dynasty startup this year or starting your own, uh, what are the main things you would want in your league? So, uh, Bill, why don't we start with you first? Uh, You're you're getting into that startup groove and and you're looking for something. What do you want? What what does Bill want? Good league mates. That's the only answer. Like everything else I'm okay with one QB. I'm not going to, it's not a deal breaker. Like, I off brand. Yeah, exactly. Like I, it's, it's truly come down to that. It's people that I want to play with and have a good time. And that are, you know, if they're cranky, if they're, you know, whatever, like if they're crankier than me, at least, um, you know, I just don't want to deal with that stuff. And so it's just a matter of like the right people in the league. Now, Uh, everything else is negotiable to me. After the way you acted earlier, I don't know if anyone could be crankier than you, but uh, uh yeah, and I'm gonna be a uh, we're gonna be sharing a team. Oh, great! My pleasant disposition and your crankiness that that should be the real odd couple. But um, Bill, you you stole my answer because honestly, I'm all about just like who's in the league. Like I love Superflex Army too because everyone in that league is just awesome. Everyone's cool. There's no like. Wait, isn't Rocky in that league? I am in that league. Well, yeah, I, like I said, everybody is exactly. cool. Exactly. Uh, oh, build my bad. Bill, Bill starting trouble this episode, man. Listen, <laughs> we we Rocky and I figured out a way to get Cowboys and Eagles fans to come together, even if it's for <laughs> a brief moment in history against Giants fans. Yeah, <laughs> who needs those guys? Um, hey, uh, who called the uh, division winner? Just out of curiosity, who called it? I called Washington. <laughs> oh, you did call Washington back in the fan. What was that like? A month and a half ago, at least. Yeah, I'm sorry. Was... Let's not derail this more than I already did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that's why I love Superflex Army too. That's why I like trade trade addicts too that I'm in because. Everybody in there, like the chat is always going. People are joking around, having a good time. 
Uh, I'm in the Dynasty HQ, uh, won the OG Dynasty HQ Listener League. Everybody in that is, is super cool. You know, that that chat is always lit, too. So I'm with Bill. Like, listen, probably the, ol- the only other thing that I would probably say no, but if everyone was real cool, I'd probably say yes, it's too tight end. Um, it's just, it's not a headache I want in my life, but I mean... If it was like another Superflex Army 2 or Trade Addicts 2, I'd probably do it because all the people in there are cool. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking for like, who are the people in this league? Like, you know, am I going to get like two teams where like no one is freaking like switching out their lineup or answering trade offers? Like, get the hell out of here with that. Like, you can go somewhere else with that. What about you, Rocky? What are you looking for in a league? I mean that answer is a great answer, and I agree with the the, the people thing. And and I, like I haven't searched out a league probably in over a year, but people ask me, and then I see who's in it, and I'm like, God damn, I got to add another league. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that happens to me too much. But uh, I would say for me though, unless it was an extremely cool group of people, super not super flex at this point is a tiebreaker. I'm going to add more leagues. Uh, I mean, a deal breaker. I'm sorry. Um, it, especially with how many leagues I'm in, I'm not really looking to add more. So if it's one QB, I'm not really that interested. And uh, the one other thing I would mention, which is also not really a settings thing, is um, MFL. I, if it's not MFL, I'm not adding it at this point. I actually cut out almost all. The only sleeper league I'm in is one that's commissioned by Josh. And I told him he needs to move it to MFL. So. Uh, I'm, a, I'm actually the funny thing is I'm actually going to put in the uh, in the league chat on Sleeper tomorrow. I'm going to put a poll up and see if I can get enough people to move it to MFL because that is also my only sleeper league. <laughs> so, uh, jo- well, Josh and I shared a team um, in a free podcaster league, and uh, we just bailed from that uh, this year. And uh, the, the, I have two other sleeper leagues, but. I won money this year, so I kind of feel like a a donkey if I bounce. So I'm uh I'm gonna stay one more year. But uh, anybody listening that's in that league, I'll be leaving next year. <laughs> unless he unless he wins money again, and then he then he's gonna stay. Which is and probable. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I know sleeper has its truthers. It's just it's just not for me. And uh, the other one I've been in a couple leagues is uh, Fleet. We Fire. all grew. We all grew up with DAS uh, programs, so that's, that's why we like MFL. Yeah, the older people just like <laughs> MFL. I guess I don't know. I I've also been on Fleet Flicker, and that's even worse than Sleeper. Oh, uh, I disagree. Oh, I can't stand Fle- you, you. Like you don't like it better than MFL, do you? No, but I do. I don't mind as a free service. Fleet Flicker, in my opinion, is the best one. Yeah, that, I mean that's the only benefit to both of those to me is that mm-hmm. right. free. Correct. <laughs> so, uh, so all right, there you go. So, Dustin, uh, look for the uh, the non two tight end super flex MFL leagues, and you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have actually, I had a question from one of our FTC members asking me. Uh, they've been looking for. Um, getting into dynasty so they haven't played dynasty before now and they really want to get into it and so they're seeing all these orphans available and josh is already shaking his head and that was my answer and they were asking if they thought you know maybe grabbing an orphan in an already established league is a good idea or if they should start a get into a league that um you know is starting in the off season like doing a startup yeah Yeah. i'm with josh 
yeah, I, I think the three of us agree. Uh, do do your startup because here's the thing: like, you, I, I almost feel like doing a startup is the best way to go because you're gonna make your mistakes and you're gonna learn from just that fresh slate. The team you drafted, you make your mistakes. Don't try to pick up a team and try to clean up other people's mistakes because I think even I mean I know some people love the challenge of picking up an orphan, but I know when I pick up an orphan as a quote-unquote seasoned dynasty player, sometimes I'm even like, what the hell did I just get myself into? Like, why did I do this? Like, I should have just went to a startup instead of spending money on this. And, you know, so, yes. I'm only picking up orphans now if it's a league I want to get into because I like the people in it. Like, that's the only reason. Because you're starting from behind already because it's players you don't like, in my opinion. So you you need to just build it the way you want to, like Josh said. And my and you know the member of the FTC, like you already have a built-in startup that's happening this off season. So you know because of the listener league. So um, that's so the way to start out. Yeah, I agree. I I in my first I had a couple of home leagues before I really got heavy into Dynasty Twitter and and adding crazy amount of leagues like i have now and the first year i did i i did a startup actually uh i think my first startup was ta3 actually uh when i started getting into dynasty twitter i had two home leagues and that was uh, my first startup but uh, especially my first super i know it was my first superflex startup uh but i also got in i got an orphan that year and i definitely think i'm i still haven't really got that orphan to where i wanted to because i didn't do that well with it um, that first year, because I had never taken over an orphan. It was super flex, which I had never done before that year. I think it was uh, 2018. Uh, I had never done super flex before then. And I, I, I know I, I saw I think I sold some quarterbacks too low. And uh, and I'm still sort of recovering from that. I'm kind of I kind of tried to, to make it work. And then I, I was in the middle for two years. And, and now I'm rebuilding. I do have five firsts now so hopefully this i finally figure it out but uh i definitely think it's a lot harder to to make over an orphan as a new dynasty player than it would be just to draft your team yeah i i I agree with all that stuff and i i think too with an orphan the problem is, is that especially as a new uh dynasty player if you if you make mistakes with a team that you kind of drafted in a startup i think it's easier to recover if you make mistakes with an orphan, you're kind of starting up behind the eight ball. And then you're, if you're making mistakes with that, you're putting your team even further behind the eight ball, which could really turn you off to the whole experience. And honestly, like dynasty is so cool. It takes some getting used to, and it takes, you know, like I said, there's the, you know, the growing pains, but it's a lot, uh, it's a lot more fun doing it from scratch than trying to, uh, trying to clean up someone else's mess. So all right, I think that's it. I think we hit all the high notes. Uh, you know, Rocky, thank you for coming on, brother. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, love you as the uh, the new co-host on Trade Addicts. Obviously, if for some weird and crazy reason you're listening to us and you're not listening to the Trade Addicts podcast, rectify that situation. Go subscribe. You're going to have fun. You liked Rocky on this show. You're going to like him even more on Trade Addicts. But Rocky, uh, promote yourself, man. Tell everybody where they can find you, what you're doing, and what you're up to. 
Yeah, I'm at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. Uh, my DMs are always open if you have any questions or anything. Uh, I'm always posting my my nonsense takes on there, and it's still very uh, surreal to hear me described as the co-host of Trade Addicts. But <laughs> that's also well earned, my man. Well earned. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but that's that. That's the other place you can find me is uh, on Trade Addicts. Um, at trade addicts pod on twitter go follow that as well and subscribe to, to trade addicts and the dap network i'm sure like you said most people are are probably pretty aware of it so um but yeah it's been a lot of fun with rusty's last couple of weeks and, and looking forward to a lot more yeah uh pretty much everybody knows about the trade addicts podcast i'm talking <laughs> to like maybe the two people that are <laughs> somehow haven't haven't found the trade addicts podcast and are listening to us uh, uh bring them along but no, Rocky, like Bill said, uh, well-deserved. You're, you're one of the smartest people out there doing this thing. You have a lot of insight, but you're also one of the nicest people. Uh, and I, you know, we talked about this beforehand based on, based on your rant on, on trade. Addict, I know it wasn't ranty enough. <laughs> you were, you were, you're probably the nicest guy in Philadelphia, which is, you know, it's a good award to have, but, uh, but nah, man, you're, you're great. You and Russ have that natural chemistry already, and uh, and you guys are just going to keep going up and up. I You're so nice, you've probably never thrown a snowball at Santa Claus. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> but maybe you launched a couple batteries at J.D. Drew. So uh, I would have if I was there. See? <laughs> and, and that, that, that's a Philly thing. Bill may know about it. He he likes baseball. He's into, into the – no, he's got no idea – Rocky and I know what the I hell guess. I'm talking about, and <laughs> if you're from the Philly, all right, area, enough of this Philly shit. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about as well. So, as Bill said, uh, you know, enough of the Philly shit. So, uh, you know, thank you to everybody in the chat. We had Steve Dennis in there, Kevin, Lindsey Kennedy, uh, tons of people were in and out. Appreciate you. Appreciate uh, the questions in the chat. That always makes it a little bit more fun. Uh, remember, if you're on the YouTube's watching us, uh, subscribe, hit the bell so you know when we go live. Because you know, it's not only us, but there's going to be some other cool things happening on the D- DAP Network YouTube, and you just want to be privy to that kind of stuff. So, uh, so hit that bell. And then, if obviously, if you're listening to us on podcast, thank you very much. We almost went for an hour and a half today, and you literally could do anything else in the world besides listening to us. But you did, so we appreciate that. Uh, remember to subscribe. Tell all your friends and family to subscribe. Hit subscribe on Grandma's cell phone. It doesn't matter. We're just here for the downloads. Uh, and then hit us with a rate and review so that more eyes can see us and we can see uh, what we're doing great and what we're not doing great. And, Bill, on that note, we are out of here. Late. Late.